can hear you. Can you hear okay. me? Okay, hold on, Daniel. We're still. He's still. I, I know, but some some of this is gold. So just oh, just keep going. Just keep it recording. <laughs> For the You're still, You have the meanest mug look on your face right now in my frozen <laughs> screen. You're just that's like. Just, that's as mean as he can look. I don't think he can ever. <laughs> that's true. Him. That's true. That's about as mean as it gets for Nick. It's that's funny. I just there we go. Yeah, you're back. All right. Hey. Oh, nice to scary. see you. Nice to see everybody. I still can't see you. Oh, no. Oh man. I was Riverside. For a we got to up up Riverside's game. <laughs> yeah. All right, Daniel. Uh, cut back to the beginning. Three, two, one. podcast for scuba divers everywhere take your seat at the dive table with your hosts nick hogel and jay gardner welcome to the dive table i'm jay gardner and with me as always is pun master and soon to be malaysian world traveler expat nicholas hogel nick how you doing today I am doing great. I'm actually doing phenomenal. Um, I've been on this like four day journey to try to get this visa submitted. Like everything is good to go, but they just wouldn't accept payment. And then finally I had to get on with the company that's that's facilitating the visa. And basically I was like, dude, I need you to put your credit card in. <laughs> and, uh, he did and it worked out. So in 48 hours, I should have everything approved and I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Um, and yeah, I leave here on the 24th. Uh, I don't know if I set a date the last time we spoke, but 24th of July, I am gone. Nice. And you've got a corporate credit card. So look yeah. out. <laughs> We're going to be traveling to Malaysia quite often. It's going to be quite be fun. Visiting the sites. <laughs> and producer Daniel is here as well, which must mean we are recording another episode of the show. Today, we're really excited to welcome Sarah Miller to the table. Sarah is an accomplished instructor. She's an advocate for scuba and scuba education on her YouTube channel and has become quite the personality in the scuba world. And... Most interestingly, I think, uh, and pertinent to today is she also lives in a van down by the river. So uh, we're excited about having the conversation with Sarah. Um, you can find uh, more about Sarah real quick plug at youtube.com backslash C, C as in Charlie. So youtube.com backslash C backslash Azul Unlimited, Azul Unlimited. So check out Sarah there, but we're really excited to have you, Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. And you'd be surprised. That's the very first time that I've gotten that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sat that, that was the least popular sketch, I think, on Saturday Night Live. Uh, it was, <laughs> you know, no big deal. Must be okay, over a van that down joke. by the shores. Yeah. There we go. See, we tweaked it. I just bit. always smile. I, yeah. I think it's great. You know, it's, yeah. it's a weird lifestyle. So you just go with whatever. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm just I am envious I'm I'm I really am I think that's a super cool thing I uh, um, I actually just sold my RV I've been living in an RV for the last two years because we were prepping to basically save money we bought it right before COVID and we're like oh we're gonna do so much traveling we're gonna save money and the world had some <laughs> other plans so um, but yeah we literally just yep. sold it because we're about to head out of country so. Very you cool. were living. You were living in an RV by the cedar tree. 
Just a, that was the first draft of that sketch, actually. If you <laughs> I need more cowbell RV down by the cedar tree because it rhymed, and then they said no, that's no good. So they went to Van and River. So anyway, a little SNL history for everyone. Um, oh, all right, dear. good. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, Sarah, that my pe- people, my friends, call me Jay, um, but my real name is Jeremiah, and so every substitute teacher I've ever had in my entire life would get to me on the roster. Jeremiah Gardner. Oh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Yeah, that was a good song. <laughs> oh, and so I hear that and I just have the same reaction as the, you know, the, uh, the van down by the river thing. So you, know, terrible. you, you just opened one up cause I never put the two together and that's oh, like, that's a good song. That's a good song. No, it's not. It's a terrible <laughs> song. <laughs> it's tortured me for my whole life. Uh, that song. Was it Three Dog Night? I think it is. Anyways, all right. Well, let's get into this. Um, so, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us what you're up to these days. Yeah, I mean, I'll try and do the short version of this. Uh, I've been diving for about eight years, instructing for six or so of those years. And uh, I left the States to teach in Mexico. That was really the the start of everything and spent a few years there until I decided to open a dive shop with my partners in Indonesia. And we opened in April of 2019. So you can kind of see what the trajectory of that was. Uh, <laughs> we had a great first year, you know, we, we did really, really well, actually. Um, one of my business partners, we worked together to teach IDCs. So that was something that was a part of our business. And um, yeah, thought it was going to go a lot differently. Uh, the country shut down. We were like, oh, it's just going to be for a few months, you know, like everybody else. And it didn't. And I don't know if you guys know this, probably because uh, you guys know a little bit about Malaysia. I think Malaysia probably followed the same trajectory, but uh, Indonesia was closed for two years. There wasn't, you know, much local diving or anything. So it was brutal. Uh, we ended up selling earlier this year. And uh, I moved back to the States and into a van. It was really the most uh, financially... Mm, the only financial kind of option that I had because, you know, rent in California is crazy and the whole thing just was a mess. Uh, but it's turned into quite the adventure and it's given me a lot of opportunity to play with YouTube and social media. And I really, um, you know, just recently I'm starting to kind of lean in and take a risk with that and do it try to do it full time. I'm also building websites and helping people with their websites, freelancing. Uh, but really the goal is to teach on YouTube. That's what I really love to do. No, oh, that's awesome. That's, that's, uh, uh, no, I do know a little bit of the situation in Indonesia. Um, I actually, it randomly enough when, um, so how I found out about Azul Unlimited, um, 
I was researching the internet on how to uh, come up with a scuba resume or scuba CV, um, depending on where you're from. Um, and I came across your channel and um, no lie, I built the, my resume off of your your YouTube channel, which is super funny. Um, and the, literally, I did it because there was a place uh, I spent a little bit of time in Indonesia and there was a place that I told myself as soon as I become an instructor, like I'm going to go back there and I want to teach, which was in the Raja Ampat area of Indonesia. It was a conservation project. Nice. Super, super cool. And I put together this resume. They got back to me and, you know, we were kind of in talks back and forth because um, I know it was shut down, but like there was still people like making their way in there. I think they just had to pay for a certain type of visas or whatnot, basically pay a bunch of money. Yeah. And I had this opportunity to, to, you know, we were in talks and everything. And, um, basically I think it was, uh, I can't remember the variant, um, um, or whatever it's called. And they basically like, were like, Oh, they're not accepting anything right now. So I was like, man, that sucks. But I still have the scuba resume <laughs> and I plan on using it, but um, no, yeah, same thing. I know. I'm glad um, to. I, I'm glad to hear that you got you know a callback and there was movement because of the resume. That's great news. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was super because you know I'm I'm used to just doing like a a regular work resume and and the scuba resume is definitely fairly different, you know. And and there was actually one other video. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Uh, so that's how like good yours was compared to his um just because like i was like oh yeah like i remember this one and um i sat there just like writing notes and like okay stop let me write some notes and uh it ended up being super well so thank you for that by the way <laughs> um but yeah no malaysia just opened up um actually because uh, there was talk that things were going to open up last year and this time last year was when i started talks to move to malaysia um, and basically the talks just went down South really quick. Cause this other variant popped up and they went like right back into like a stricter lockdown. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm finally pumped that it's working out. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not like super pumped on the job, but it gets me out there. So, um, you know, they're going to float the bill and move me out there and, and, uh, you know, I'll be a lot closer to, um, areas that'll be nice to dive and, and, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped on the whole situation. So, cause yeah, Malaysia is like a good little hub to get to a lot of different places. So, um, but yeah, Indonesia is, uh, definitely probably my favorite place in the whole world, which I, I wanted to kind of pick your brain about that a little bit. Um, cause I was watching a couple of your videos and, uh, there was one of the, uh, um, you were saying you didn't miss Komodo so much. And I was just kind of wondering why, if you don't want to go into it, I completely understand, but, uh, I've actually never been to Komodo, so I don't really know much about it. So I would love to clarify because Komodo is incredible. Like the diving and visiting it as a tourist chef's kiss, like so great. The difficulty for me was the living in Labuan Bajo, Flores Island. The community was super small. Um, there's not a lot to do. I'm sober, so like the little bit of community that there is kind of revolves around drinking and that's not really my <laughs> vibe. Um, so <laughs> it's uh, it just wasn't like for my lifestyle, it wasn't appropriate, you know? 
but the diving, oh my gosh, like you have to go. And some people thrive there, you know, they, they do just fine. It just wasn't where I needed to be, you know, but I mean, currents and especially I always tell people this, if you're going to go and do your dive master and instructor, like Komodo is a really good place to do it because the currents teach you so much. Like, I mean, I had done quite a bit of diving before, but learning how to group manage when you have a strong current is something that I just, I mean, it's a skill set that is so wild to me, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, it's really worth going and, you know, the manta rays and the sharks and even the macro life, you know, when the currents aren't ripping, the macro life is really beautiful. It's, it's a gorgeous place. So I don't want to hate on Komodo. It no, just wasn't no, no. the place yeah. for me to live. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, do you think that's pretty common in the the instructor or not the instructor world, but the lifestyle of scuba? Just the drinking um, and and I mean I, I would say yes. I just want, I guess what would be your your take on that? Because I haven't been um, many places. I've definitely spent some time on. Indonesia I actually completed my dive master up in uh, North Sulawesi, up in Bunakan. And um, yeah, it was definitely like every night drinking palm wine, you know, just hanging out <laughs> with the locals. You know, it was pretty, pretty uh, a, a different type of lifestyle up there. So um, so you, you would say that they're pretty the the, the scuba lifestyle and, and just that sort of thing. Yeah, it's. It definitely goes hand in hand. You know, whenever you're dealing with a tourism industry where people are on vacation, you know, that's, they go on vacation and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to drink. And <laughs> they want to bring, you know, their guide along or whatever. But like that becomes an everyday thing because that's our normal life, you know? So it, it's really, it can be a challenging culture uh, or lifestyle to, to be a part of. You really have to have good boundaries or else you can go completely off the deep end, which, you know, I've seen time and time again. Um, the thing that I like about different areas is that, you know, you can be in a place that has really great diving, but then also other stuff. So like I do yoga, yoga is my, my other thing. And so that's what I've been more interested in and having kind of that balance between scuba and yoga. And it's also the community that I'm sort of building online. Like I just launched my Patreon page and one of my tiers is the Yogi Diver. So it's like not very common that people, you know, those two things come together but when I do find those people, we are like, you know, we're buddies for life. Like I've, I've, uh, I launched a, a trip. I'm going to be guiding a trip to Baja to Cabo San Lucas. And that's going to be in January, 2023. And that is going to be a part of it. And I've already got, you know, people who have signed up are my yogi divers, you know? So that's, <laughs> it's, it's a cool thing. I think that's so cool. My my um, wife is a yoga instructor, but she went through cool. it more for herself than to become in the business yeah. of it. But what I think is really interesting about what you're saying is there are so many things that in scuba that are cross sections of other things as well. So you think about meditation, you think about breathing, um, you think about 
yoga and flexibility and, and awareness of your body. Um, you think about mindfulness in general uh, under the water and you think about communication and the ability to communicate as a team, right? Um, and all these sorts of things. And I love that it's something we've talked about in in some of the episodes we've done before about the future of of scuba instruction and, and scuba as a business in some ways. And for me, what's interesting is those cross sections are those areas mm-hmm. that, you know, for me, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. And there's so many cross sections between what it means to truly build, you know, something from the ground up and what it means to, to dive on a team and what it means to dive, you know, ch- a challenging dive, whether it be current or whether it be a, a technical profile or whether it be a cave or something like that. Um, can you, can you unpack that a little bit? I mean, it sounds like you're exploring some of that same stuff and it's, uh, it's cool to hear that because I, I, you know, I'm relatively new to diving. And, um, so I, I think I come with somewhat of a fresh face and, um, and to hear that from someone that's, is, you know, a part of, has, has kind of journeyed through all the different pieces of traditional scuba to where you are now is really encouraging. So would you, would you unpack that a little bit? Cause I, I just love hearing that, that cross section stuff. Yeah. I, you know, when people hear yoga and scuba diving, like they don't, that's not automatically the association, but when you really think about it with physiology of diving, everything that we're doing, like you're only making yourself a safer diver by participating in some kind of physical activity. It doesn't have to be yoga, but like you said, yoga combines that awareness of breath that meditation. And so there's that calming effect that happens. And that was one of the first things that I put out on YouTube. And it's probably a super embarrassing uh, (laughs) series of videos at this point. But I did a, um, oh gosh, what was it called? I still have it online. So I should really know this. Um, It's like, you know, how to reduce your air consumption sort of thing. And it's focused around Uh, working on that relaxation part, because a lot of people end up using air, at least beginners, because they get excited, or they get nervous, right? The stress is pumping, and they're just breathing more than they normally would. So it's really helpful to not only develop that, like that mind state, just that calm, but it enhances everything. And on top of it, it makes you a safer diver, you know? So it's kind of a no-brainer to me, but it's still not super common. You know, it's, uh, we have a lot of people in the industry that are still kind of of the old school, but I feel like, I feel like Gen Z is coming, coming to save us. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because, uh, like I said, I, I am not, I would never call myself a yogi, but I have dabbled. We'll put it that way. And, but I'm very, very, very much into mindfulness and the power that that brings with it, which is walks in hand in hand in some ways. But I also think the other component beyond your breath and, and your physical nature is also awareness of your body. And I find a lot of divers that even experienced divers that are still, their body is diving them. They're not diving their body. And so when you say, hey, you know, get your knees a little bit more towards 45 or get your knees a little bit more towards 90, that 
connection between my legs and my brain and what I want my body to do and, and what my body is doing is broken in some ways. And so I think it's a really interesting thing. I, I would say if you're out there listening to this and and maybe that's you, you know, you've struggled with, with that, or, or that's an area of improvement, man, uh, yoga is an amazing pathway. It sounds like into some of that better control and all of it is control uh, under the water control um, on top on, on surface as well. So I agree. I think Gen Z, or whatever you call them at this point. I think I'm in the, I'm going to date myself now. I think I'm the, the very early millennials, uh, no, whatever a, that is. I'm a millennial. But, uh, that would, that would mean you're a, you're an elder, elder millennial. Elder millennial. There we go. The, the wise ones. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, I, I actually remember, well, I was going to say, I remember the first time, uh, someone, we were we were trying to figure out what we were and someone's like i was like oh you know i'm i'll date myself i was born in 83 and someone's like oh you're a millennial and i was like no don't do not call me that. <laughs> i'm not a millennial no way uh but yeah i guess i'm on the very early like yeah like the the one of the founders <laughs> of millennialism um whoa did you just claim that online oh my gosh you're get, we're gonna get so much hate oh man uh, Nick Nick Hogel, founder of Millennials. One of the one of the founders right here. One of the founders. It's what it is, man. I, I was embarrassed to to hear that I was a millennial. But hey man, you know, is that on you your scuba C V? I it just want to make be. sure that that shows up on the scuba C V. I should have put that as one of the options for sure. <laughs> Um, well, technically, you're a millennial, too. You're a founder, too, as much as you're actually more of a founder than me. <laughs> Just by a year. Yeah, by a whole um, 360 days. Or yeah. <laughs> um, so real quick, I guess um, what I'm going to I'm going to bring it back to Thailand. So what brought you to Thailand and what brought you to your first breath underwater? Was it an accident? Kind of like, oh, let's just try this and see where it goes. Uh, was was yoga in the picture beforehand? Did it all kind of just converge? You know, like tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So Thailand, you're referring to my open water course. That's when I I got started diving. Um, I went to I went on a trip, and yoga was already in my life. Um, I started doing yoga actually when I was 20 years old because I had horrific knee pain at the age of 20. And the doctors could not figure out what was wrong with me. I got all the tests like, you know, x-ray, MRI, like nothing was structurally wrong, but I was just in horrific pain. And the doctor's solution was to prescribe me Vicodin. (laughs) (laughs) And luckily I was, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I feel like it was one of those moments in life that I could have gone this way or this way, you know? And I was like, you know, I don't think that's very sustainable. I'm going to find another solution. So I started practicing yoga for that reason. And it has helped me immensely with my body aches and pains, all of that. Um, so when I decided to go on this trip, I, I started out in New Zealand. I spent five weeks in New Zealand traveling around And I wanted to go to Australia, but I found out after five weeks in New Zealand that I was broke. (laughs) So I flew to Southeast Asia because you can (laughs) make your money go a little further there. Uh, (laughs) 
So I ended up uh, traveling a little bit, ended up in Thailand, and um, I did do some yoga in northern Thailand, like you do, and uh, eventually ended up on Koh Tao, which is the island that every diver knows as the you know, open water factory machine, right? People come in, they spend four days, get certified and leave. <laughs> like that's kind of how it goes there. <laughs> um, but I didn't have anything really set up for myself. I used to work back, back in, in the before times, I was a winemaker. So I worked the, the harvest and uh, I didn't have anything coming up anytime soon. Like it was probably the summertime or something, maybe a little bit earlier in the year. And, uh, I did my open water course cause I knew that I wanted to try it and I was absolutely blown away. It came very like easily to me, you know, buoyancy and everything. It just ma- like made sense in my brain and I got completely hooked I signed up for the advanced course straight after that. And from there, I just got incorporated into that little world in Kotal. And I ended up staying for four months. Like I, I don't even, it wasn't in the plan or anything I had on my calendar. I was like, Oh, I'm going to be there like four or five days, you know, like no big deal. I stayed for four months (laughs) And I came out of it with the dive master certification. So I did a zero to hero sort of program. And that is also one of the reasons why I do not recommend the zero to hero programs. (laughs) No, that's awesome. I, um, so my first breath underwater was actually in Thailand as well. So um, I I have a little bit of history in Thailand. I actually used to live there. My mother is from Bangkok. Um, So I, you know, went to kindergarten preschool there. Uh, And uh, when I got a little bit older, uh, I actually took a trip back there with her. And I was like, man, I really want to come and back here and explore. Um, So I kind of did just did like the month backpack thing out there. And I was on uh, PP Island and ended up doing just, you know, the discover scuba dive 20 minutes in the pool and then out to the ocean. And, um, same thing. I just remember as soon as I got underwater, um, I felt super comfortable, but the biggest thing to me was, uh, if you remember the, the movie, I think they're about to come out with part two, which is like 15 years later, but, uh, Pandora or no avatar avatar the whole time, uh, I was in the water. I was like, I'm in Pandora. Like this is, this is it's like, everything was just bright and moving in the <laughs> ecosystem. I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And um, yeah. And actually for a time there, I was like, Oh, I want to go and do my dive master out in Thailand. But I um, found this little amazing Island in Indonesia and um, yeah, Indonesia uh, has my heart. Uh, like I, I love everything about that place. I've haven't spent a whole lot of time there, but the, the places that I've been, I just, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I feel like kind of once you've, it's funny cause you did mention it in one of your videos, you're like, Oh, you know, you take these divers out to Manta point and it's like their first 10 dives and they just have these most amazing dives <laughs> And it just kind of goes downhill from there. <laughs> Where am I going to go? What am I going to do after this? And, um, I definitely felt that because I, w- I was relatively, I think I was like 50 dives in mostly freshwater. Um, and then, yeah, I just went out to Indonesia. I spent a month at a conservation project and um, yeah, my top dive is literally 
15 mantas in the water, uh, just beautiful creatures, super graceful, just amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, one of my favorite places on earth. So I'm just been itching to get back out there. So Malaysia will, Malaysia will kind of suffice for now. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So you've dove a lot of places as we've just covered some of them. Where's so just you as a diver, not as an instructor or, you know, to, to take video or anything. If you're just, you know, there's no inhibitions. Cost is not a problem. Where are you going to spend a month diving for your own enjoyment? What type of diving are you going to be doing? Honestly, well, my, so bucket list that I haven't done is Baja. So that is why I am taking a group and doing a a trip to Baja because it's in my brain as like the perfect dive destination. Just, I don't know if it's because I spent a handful of years in the Yucatan and that was great. There's caves and everything. There's lots going on on that side, but I have so many friends in Baja and like, it seems crazy. People were out there swimming with killer whales and you know, mega schools and mobulas and like, I mean, the, the life just seems out of this world there. So that's, that's on the list. Obviously, like I want to go to the Galapagos and kind of the standard, um, Socorro. If I, hopefully while I'm in Baja, I'm going to figure out how to get to Socorro. Um, but yeah, I think of the places that I have been and like where I like to go when I'm just going for fun, I, Honestly, like Catalina Island is really beautiful off of California. I love, I still like, even with bad visibility and cold water and all this stuff, I absolutely love the kelp forests. Like there is something about being neutrally buoyant and cruising through, you know, just it (laughs) it feels so incredible. It really does. Like, like you were saying that kind of avatar moment. (laughs) Are you from California? I am. Where? Yeah. Whereabouts, if you don't mind me asking. I'm from the Central Coast, so kind of the you know Santa Barbara, Pismo Beach area. Okay, oh, okay cool. cool. I, I grew up in L.A., um, then lived in San Diego forever, and then we just moved to Austin about four years ago, and we were just back in San Diego for um, three weeks uh, for – some work and some pleasure and some play and some family, all those mixed up things. And yeah, Catalina is incredible, but I was even the shores, La Jolla shores down in San Diego has a big kelp forest. And, um, the, uh, the seals were in playing with us, uh, this last time I was down there. Yeah. Uh, and then we did a bunch of like La Jolla shores diving, which is like, you know, forever swim out to the, to the amazingness, but it's yes. just like forever swim. Like that's where a DPV is. I was just like, I want a DPV. I want a DPV. I was saying like, how can I save up to buy that thing? Um, but it's that's the awesome. never ending, like it's the never ending journey of shore diving and cold water diving. It's like, you're just constantly looking at more gear, you know, more <laughs> fun toys and things like, it's never ending. <laughs> we just did an episode on that and that we had a we, here maybe maybe Nick we can we can quiz you Sarah um we, I think we'll all know the answer to this but here's the quiz you know when are you done spending money on scuba? 
uh, when you can't <laughs> dive <laughs> anymore. A, that's a better. <laughs> we we both just said never. <laughs> yeah, it's never. The okay. minute, the never minute you like, you, you think you're done. There's <laughs> always something else. And yeah, I guess I I've talked to a lot of. I've talked to a lot of people who have had to give up diving, you know, for health issues and stuff. That's actually how I got a hand, like some of my gear. When I first got here, I had no money, like none, negative money. And uh, (laughs) I scoured Facebook marketplace and was talking to a lot of retired divers that were just selling stuff to get it out of their garage. So I've heard a lot of people's stories of, you know, where, where they've been and what they're doing now. Sometimes you do have to give it up. I hope that day is hopefully not, not near. So, um, <laughs> no, cause it is, it is a long, long ways <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, no, it is a, it is a passion for sure. Uh, but no, actually it's kind of cool. Uh, I think this might be the first time everybody besides Daniel, uh, cause I am also from California, but more, I was born in the, the Bay area, Bay area, baby. Um, I have not done any oh, diving gosh. out in California, though. It's uh, definitely the kelp forest is on the bucket list. So, um, so it's funny because you gotta you gotta catch it on a good visibility <laughs> day, though, because it can also be like super brutal. I gotta tell you, this is a funny little side story from the Thailand um, dive master zero to hero. My very first dive after my dive master course was in Monterey on a zero visibility day. And I went with my other friend who also did his dive master in Thailand. And we were like, so lost. (laughs) I mean, I can't even tell you, I felt like I knew absolutely nothing about diving, which I I really didn't. You know, if you know the diving in Koh Tao, it is like being in a bathtub. (laughs) Like there's nothing complex about it. You know, it's it really. And so we go down there and there's waves, there's surge, there's, you know, zero visibility. And we're just like, what have we gotten ourselves into? It was we shouldn't have been in the water that day. But, you know, we didn't know any better. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's awesome. So um, I learned I did my discover scuba dive and then um, I came out to Texas and this is where I actually got certified. It was just kind of a random story because. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know that you could actually dive in Texas. I didn't know it was this, you know, uh, it's, it's actually this weird little hub, central Texas for diving just because we have a lot of lakes. It's pretty warm year round. Um, but yeah, the, the, I mean, it didn't phase me as much as I've seen it phase some other people, but, um, yeah, that low visibility, um, cold water, that'll, that'll throw you for a loop real quick. If you, if you're not prepared, um, but no, definitely. So I guess that leads to, oh, I guess you were kind of explaining it because you've done, you know, the warm tropical waters. And um, I think I just saw you uh, probably a few months back, picked up a dry suit. So you're doing some some definitely cold water diving now. And, um, you know, there's I have the the ongoing joke on the show is that I, I'm the 80, 80, 80 diver. I want 80 feet of visibility. I want 80 degree water and at minimum 80 degree surface temperature. I just want it to be the warm bath, but you know, we got to kind of get what we or take what we can get. Um, but so the, <laughs> the cold water though is definitely you're, you're kind of digging it. I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth. Some days it's just the middle of winter here. I'm like, I don't want to go out in the water. today. <laughs> like, it's just, it's cold. I'm cold. I just don't want to jump in the lake right now. Yeah, you know, something that happened 
in my brain and you know it's because of covid and everything that happens like there's been a switch of like i am going to make the best of whatever situation i have right and right now i'm here in the states and i am going to take advantage and be happy with this even though it wasn't where i thought i was going to be you know my like five year trajectory i was like oh i'm going to be owning you know have this dive shop over there and and be doing all of these things like it's made me just become very flexible and be happy for what i can do you know so i started um you know diving once i got back and i got some of the basic gear i started doing the diving and like taking the van and going down like i spent two months in san diego just like chilling and scuba diving there which is great the water's not as cold down there so that was that was good for me because i was wearing i have a wetsuit but it wasn't it's not mine and so it doesn't fit me properly so it's just a just not great for <laughs> cold water diving it just makes it that much worse um but you know and then i i've spent a couple of months in monterey as well and honestly uh diving in point lobos which is a gorgeous spot in monterey that made me like finally i have to figure out like put it on the credit card figure out how to pay for it later like you need a dry suit or else you cannot do this stuff because i just about died <laughs> like it was so cold i i mean obviously i'm over exaggerating you know but I, I just suffered so much and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And like I said in the beginning, I'm really taking a leap of faith. Like I left my job at an environmental nonprofit, which was really pushing me to the very edge of like what I was able to handle. Like they were just working me so hard and paying me so little. And I just was like, I, why? you know, like I live in a van, I don't have that many expenses. And so when I sold the company, I was like, I'm just gonna try like, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna go all in on YouTube, I'm going to get these trips together, I'm going to get Patreon running, like I'm going to build this community and help people with their scuba diving, you know, I'm gonna just give it a go, you know. And that's really been the the theme, like, some days I go diving and it's crap. That's the truth. Like it's not, it's not that great, but I'm in the water and you know, there's something that happens to me when I get even in a pool, I'm telling you, like there's just something about being in the water that calms me down. It makes me feel like peaceful, no matter what kind of chaos is going on in my life at the moment. And that's really what I appreciate. And, you know, doing this next step, like getting the dry suit, and I, you know, I've called it my dive dry road trip, right? And that's actually just starting because I literally only got the dry, dry suit like last week. Um, but I'm going to be sharing about it on, on YouTube. And like I went through the course and I, I have lots of stories, uh, which are going to come out over the next few weeks. But it's... It's really just taking advantage of what I have, even if it's like not very much, you know, and appreciating what little I do have. So that's, that's sort of the theme of, 
of everything. And people have been so sweet. Like I cannot believe, I mean, I've been teaching for free on YouTube for a little over two years, I think. And especially right now, I just feel like it's starting to, you know, snowball a little bit. And I'm finding people that have been learning from me, you know, like from Sweden and from, you know, all these places. And it's so cool. You know, it's, it's, there's something about having this online platform and content that just lives and people can find it whenever, because we can only teach the people right in front of us, you know, when we're teaching as a standard, you know, normal dive instructor. And this is just a whole other world, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think I just went all over the place there. <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, it, it was, it, there's lots to think about there, which is fantastic. And I, I think the thing that stuck out to me was, or stood out to me was, you know, we, I've heard the saying, I don't remember where it came from, but it's been this, you know, entrepreneurial saying that I latched onto, which was kind of like, eat your beans now so you can eat your steak later, you know, type of thing. And mm -hmm. it's, it's about that being present in the moment of what you're trying to build. And so can you talk yeah. a little bit about, you know, there, there's the worst advice in, in the startup world, in my view, ever is follow your passions because there, you can be passionate about things that don't have a market you know, that, that you can't create value in. Right. Um, but then when there's that beautiful alignment between your passion or your happy place and also the ability to create value for a market, which you're kind of defining, it sounds like, can you talk about, you know, the future, what are you, what are you trying to build? What do you hope to build out of this? Because you've taken a huge leap. And I, and I just want to say from my perspective, congratulations on that. I know it's not easy. I've been there like 17 times. <laughs> I think of like, I could, you know, I have to take this next leap and I, it's scary and, and I don't know what's going to happen. And it got more complex for me with having a family and things like that. But, but that mm. entrepreneurial spirit, that leap is, is a scary step. And it doesn't get acknowledged often and it might end in failure and it might not, you never know. Right. And that's the beauty of the unknown that you're venturing into. So congratulations, number one, um, and kudos on taking that step. But number two, what, what value are you trying to bring into the scuba world or scuba? Well, I forgot, Daniel got, I got in trouble with the call it the scuba verse. What, what, what a value are you trying to bring into the scuba verse? Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I have a guess, but I would love to hear kind of your vision for what Sarah brings to the world and, and how that value is received and then how that supports you after creating that in a way that, that you can be sustainable, that you can, you know, eat your steak, quote unquote, um, and things like that. So yeah, floor is yours. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go, but I want to hear yours afterwards. Okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Deal. Um, <laughs> so thank you. I, I appreciate those, those words. Um, I, I try to remind myself that like, yes, this is a big, a big step. And whenever I get into fear, I remind myself that I opened a freaking dive shop in Indonesia. And that was the riskiest thing that I could have done. I mean, I had a 18 meter boat over there, you guys, like, I mean, it was a real, you know, it wasn't just like a closet with three BCDs or whatever. Like it was a real shop. <laughs> and uh, so when I get in my head about fear of like, oh, what's going to happen? It's like, well, like 
probably the worst thing has already happened. Worst things could happen, but like business wise, that was pretty devastating. Um, so that kind of helps me to keep going. Uh, what I feel that I bring to the scuba verse, which I did, I've never said that ever. So I don't know where that came from. Um, but it's like it's, the metaverse. It's playing off of Marvel's, what you know, bring... multi-metaverse. We're in the scuba verse okay, now. Okay. All right. Um, what I bring, you know, I, I got into YouTube because I noticed that there weren't a lot of interesting professional divers on YouTube. There's a handful, you know, and you guys have probably seen them. They're usually British. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there weren't too many. <laughs> They're just funnier than us. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I saw that there was this sort of space on the internet. And I had actually been doing YouTube before as a yoga teacher. And if you haven't seen yoga on YouTube, there's about 10,000 instructors and it's very hard to, you know, find your place. And so when I saw that, it was like, okay, there's opportunity here. And especially as I grew, because in the beginning I was doing kind of a collaboration. You've probably seen ITOR, uh, my business partner in some of the videos. Um, so we were, you know, going back and forth and making videos together, but then as we shifted into the pandemic, it was really mostly me. I was the, the brains behind it. And I realized that there weren't very many women in the space. And so that has been something that I've wanted to grow. And I say that kind of tongue in cheek because literally 95% of my viewership on YouTube are men. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's just not a lot of female representation in scuba diving or, you know, any kind of diversity whatsoever. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've noticed, it's a lot of white men. <laughs> teaching and and being the, the yes. head. it's true no it is it's you're really absolutely true. right the it's and it's kind of the rich white man sport <laughs> if we want to boil it down to it so yeah well it's not skiing yeah. so let's not lump it in with that <laughs> or golf yeah or tennis right? so, <laughs> but you know there just wasn't a lot of that and so i really want to be kind of a safe space for people to feel like they can ask their questions, like no matter how ridiculous it could be. The other thing that I really hate about the diving industry is how much ego there is. Like everybody thinks that they're God's gift to scuba diving. And I'm sorry, but we're strapping tanks to our back and we're blowing some bubbles. Like it's not that complicated. Sure. There are some complexities, but like, you know, the, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense, the amount of ego that's behind it. And so what I really try to do is break down that, you know, and, and I've been in that place. I've been that person who, you know, my, my issue when I was first starting out was I had that protective ego of realizing that I didn't know very much. And so I would put on this front of knowing more than I did, yeah. you know, to kind of like, 
I, I don't know how, what the technical term of that, you know, but I just, I had that and I, I recognize that now. And so I'm very conscious of that. If I don't know something, I'm going to tell you, I don't know it. I don't have experience with that, you know? Um, but what I try to do is share what I know and to listen to the people that comment or that I dive with. I mean, I've learned so much from the cold water divers here. It's incredible, you know, and they, if we were in Komodo would learn from me, but this space is not my expertise, you know, and that's what I really want to try to grow in the scuba community just to like not gatekeep so much you know, it's, it's kind of a weird, um, culture that we have. So that's, that's sort of what I'm going for. I also just like to be silly. You know, I told you guys before we started recording, I am awkward as all hell. Like I, I just, I'm an introvert at my core. That is why living in a van with my dog works so well. Like I just, I'm so awkward. And so I, I like, you know, I, for some reason feel more comfortable being an idiot to a camera, you know, in my space and then just like putting it out on the internet and pretending it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, which is like totally not the case. Everything on the internet lives forever, but it's just in my brain. That's how I can share my personality without feeling so damn anxious, you know? That's really well said. The uh, I love I love the ethos behind that and the self awareness that comes with that, with with being comfortable in what you want to bring into the world. And that's hard. It's a hard place to get to to make those realizations and to uh, come to a place where you can actually articulate. I mean, that's a hard question, and I didn't mean to throw you a hard question, but uh, that was a beautiful answer in terms of the what what you hope to bring into the world. So. Um, thank you for that. And what was your answer? Oh man. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> right back at you. Levity. No, uh, circling back, yeah. circling you know, back. <laughs> I'm the one asking the questions yeah. here. Let my ego come out. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. No, you know, it's, it's interesting. What, what really lights me up in general in my career, I've done a lot of crazy weird things from, and this is not about me. So just done things. And where, where I really see um, me getting lit up and where I see there's a gap in um, lots of industries, and this is inclusive of the scuba industry. And I think it's, you know, if I can make these two things work, it's going to be amazing. But uh, is the idea of what, what we call kind of emotional intelligence or emotional quotient, right, of, of side of things. And that really comes for me from, from being a coach and not of sports, but in, um, in leadership and in, in uh, innovation and, and things like that that I was a part of. And, and then training coaches and the separation between IQ, things that you can learn in a book, things that you can, you know, <laughs> you can understand decompression by reading about decompression, right? And that's amazing. And that's an IQ piece of, of, let's say, scuba. Same thing's true of basketball. You can, you can read about it and learn the plays and learn those things. But to be effective with people, you have to have the emotional skills, the emotional quotient, the emotional intelligence to have that. 
And so um, that's what I've been working on. And in the same way, building a community around what we call meta skills um, in, in uh, extracted really from the coaching side of things, which are really simple. Self-awareness sounds simple, extremely hard, right? <laughs> um, it's it's uh, observation, the ability to observe and be neutral in that observation, be aware of your lenses, all those things, very hard. And then the last minute skill is really intervention. How do I intervene in a way to help that person overcome that or that team um, move on or become high performing? So I, that's what I'm bringing into the entrepreneurial world. I love to teach. I love to be a part of that. I hope someday to bring that into scuba instruction because I think there's there's good um, IQ instruction in a lot of what I've seen in, in the uh, scuba training, you know, IDCs and IDEs and all those sorts of things. But a lot of instructors don't get the training and ability to to really exercise and practice in safe space. The emotional side of it, those soft skills that they're dealing with people, most of your scuba instruction is on the surface dealing with people, right? like uh, in a small team. And so uh, for me, my, my vision maybe at some point is, to, is that those things would collide um, and I'd be able to bring that into the scuba world what I've already brought into kind of the entrepreneurship world and, and big business. Um, and maybe that comes into scuba, but uh, who knows? Uh, the, the, that's a, that's a pipe dream at this point. I don't know how that's going to work, but that's uh, to, to be fair, that's my answer. Um, and, and the real answer is I have no idea. That's, that's just my <laughs> best guess at this point. Uh, and we'll see how well, it goes. Well, I was referring before I was referring to, you said that you had an assumption about me. So I wanted to see if those were, those two were tracking, but what I want to say about what you just um, mentioned there, that is really important because scuba instructors end up being therapists, whether they want to or not. You know, <laughs> there are so many moments where it's true. There's so many moment, moments when, you know, you have a, a couple that's doing the course together and they're having a marital spat and you're there in the center of it and you know how to manage that my favorite thing and i think it's it's one of my skills you know i i have a handful of things that i think i'm very good at in this world and i think helping people overcome their fear of the ocean and sharks and stuff. I, I feel like I can do that very well. I really like working with beginners in that way because it's super fascinating, right? You're dealing with that emotional side of things. So I think it's, it's a good, you know, it's a good pipe dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see right now. It's, it's alive in the, uh, the entrepreneurship world and, and it's coming, you know, I've done a lot in big business with this stuff, but, um, but I haven't tried it in scuba yet. So that might be the next Avenue in the next year or so, but thank you. Anyways, enough about me. Cool. Let's talk more about you, Nick, <laughs> Nick, uh, you, you, I feel like you've been on the sidelines here. Let me No, no, all good. I'm, I'm loving what I'm hearing. Um, no, I think that's awesome. And, uh, no, that's, that's really cool. I, uh, so I guess my next question, um, would be, so I, I see that you are mostly a side mount diver. Uh, is that particularly obviously what you like to do? I mean, I see you also in back mount or is that just more for um, content? Like if you're out there, I'm assuming you're in side mount. And, and if you are, uh, what, what are you diving? Uh, let us let our listeners know. <laughs> like what, what, What's your configuration these days? Yeah, I have two sets of equipment. I have my 
uh, scuba pro single tank back mount jacket bcd uh it is the one that i bought straight after my dive master course and the thing won't die <laughs> like i i mean kudos to scuba pro you know they made a solid piece of equipment but i kind of want it to so that i can up you know i can change because i don't really love that bcd <laughs> but it just it keeps going it keeps going and i've put that thing through all hell uh, so I do have that. And if I'm feeling particularly lazy or uh, I'm diving with buddies or like in some places, the entry or exit is really, really complicated, then I will go in my single tank back mount. Um, I shot some content. I did a video for uh, the Monastery Crawl, which is a place in um, Monastery Beach is a place in, um, it's actually in Carmel near Monterey. And it's a spot where if the waves are rolling, you literally have to climb out because they'll just keep sucking you in. And doing that with the tanks that I have, which are 80 uh, aluminum tanks, aluminum 80s, and uh, that would be really horrible, like absolutely horrendous to try and do a crawl with those tanks. So it's definitely uh, dive site dependent. I find side mount to be, honestly, it's a pain in the butt <laughs> with shore diving. Um, you know, it just is. Yes, it is. There are certain benefits to it because you can, you know, carry one tank at a time instead of trying to like climb over rocks with two tanks or whatever. But like, generally, it's a pain in the butt, especially if you're dealing with waves. You know, you're just this big fat thing, you know, big profile, and you're like trying to crash through the surf and whatever. Uh, so, yeah, but that's what I have. I, I got a razor harness uh, back in Mexico when I was doing, uh, you know, the caves and, and all of that, you know, the things that you do in the Yucatan. And uh, so I got that a long time ago and it's traveled with me because it's so awesome for travel. I don't know if you guys have ever played with the razor harness, but it's so small. It's lovely. Uh, so it's gone with me to Indonesia. I didn't dive it very much in Komodo because again, currents and two tanks is just a little bit wild. Like it can be done and it's fine, but it's like, it's a little wild, especially if you're guiding and you're having to like maneuver and, and grab people and pull them. And, you know, you just don't want to be this, you know, this big <laughs> thing with two tanks at your sides. I realized I was doing the the motion and that people wouldn't be able to see that. But you know, you don't want to be like this big fat diver, right? <laughs> uh, so but the thing is, and I say this with all of the words of caution, I don't recommend that people do this, but I do go solo diving pretty much all the time. And uh so I personally like to have my full, you know, cave setup, redundancy of everything, because just in case the worst possible thing happens, I have plenty of air. I have all of my, you know, safety signaling devices, everything, you know, um, because I'm just very aware of what can happen. The ocean is wild. Like I have had a lot of experience of just scary moments. And so I like to be as prepared as I can. If I were to have 
all the money in the world, um, I would probably switch to double tank back mount just because that seems to be a lot easier for shore diving, but I don't. So I make it work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, uh, I guess, uh, this will lead into my next question. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Mexico and then, and then you said Indonesia was after Mexico. How, like, what was the decision? What was like, why Indonesia had you been there before? What was that all about? But I would love to hear about Mexico. Me and Jay actually just took a trip there um, where we took a side mount course with a shop down there. It was super fun. A lot of really good times. Cool. Amazing place. We were uh, Porta Eventoris, I believe it's called, um, and absolutely loved mm-hmm. it. I can't wait to go back. But uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about Mexico because it's always a good time down there. It's awesome. Uh, you know, I did most of my teaching in Playa del Carmen and later on in Ishkalak, which is a tiny town right next to the border of Belize, still in Mexico, but it's like five kilometers from Belize. Um, so I did a lot of, you know, my work in the ocean, but there was a small amount of time that I worked as a cavern guide. And so I did the cenotes and everything. Um, I would say that I am not an experienced cave person. You know, there's lots of people that are doing that. and They know the caves like crazy. I mean, they're so talented. You've probably followed them on Instagram. I'm so sorry for all the noise. Hopefully that wasn't too terrible. That's living in a van. There's cars around me. Um, (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I so I spent some time um, doing that, you know, working as a cavern guide. Uh, I found that that was pretty nerve wracking, though, um, just because, again, it was that point in my career that I just didn't know enough, you know, and I was pushing myself into realms that I probably just needed more time before I went there, you know, Um but the diving is just so spectacular. If anybody has a chance to take, you know, cavern cave courses in that part, you know, Tulum, Playa del Carmen, that whole area, it's well worth the time and money. Um, even if you can only go and dive the, the caverns as, you know, a regular uh, single tank, you know, just a, a client, it's so, I mean, you guys probably did several of them. They're, they're breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. So that, um, when I was there, we, our last spot was, and I was with ITOR, uh, we moved to Ishkalak and that's where we spent our last year and a half basically in Mexico. And from there, we, we had a pretty interesting situation with our employer and, uh, we just decided that that was, you know, we needed to either get out of scuba diving or work for ourselves, you know, and Indonesia came up, uh, mostly because ITOR wanted to go there. I wasn't, I had never been there. I didn't really know anything about it. We had played around with the idea of opening the shop in the Philippines and I was kind of more on that side. We uh, did about three or four weeks traveling around and diving. It was just so mellow and like, I don't know, the the vibe was just really good in the Philippines. I I really liked it. Um, 
and we went to Komodo to check out a place and the current was so ripping. It just like took my breath away. And that was the first impression that I got of Komodo was just like, Oh my gosh, you know, like <laughs> the, the current just, it really blows your mind how strong it can be. Like I had been in some, you know, baby currents before, but nothing like that. But it just, it worked out to open the, the shop there. So that's where we ended up. Cool. No, that's awesome. I would actually love to uh, pick your brain about that a little bit more, like what goes into opening up a shop. Not not right now, because I'm sure there's a whole lot of information right there. But uh, it's definitely like something I've, because yeah, I've, um, I, uh, I, I've been an instructor for about two years and, and I've only mostly worked out of one shop, but that's why I'm, I'm uh, I'm taking a, a little bit of time off, which I guess probably lead into my next question, but uh, taking a little bit of time off more just so I can kind of travel around. And, and when I have days off, not because um, I'm, I'm going nine to five job out in Malaysia. So whenever I have days off, I want to travel mm. around and the Philippines um, is a spot that I definitely want to check out. We're waiting for Daniel fish dive surf to float the bill to all these beautiful places. One of these days, maybe he'll, <laughs> he'll do that. But um but no, and then, um, no, actually, uh, I, I did come across that video probably like a few weeks ago and, um, I thought that was a really cool video to put out. Cause you, you know, you, a lot in the dive industry, you do hear about getting into it, but not so much like getting out of it and why people get out of the dive industry or not get out of the dive industry, but just stop teaching. Um, and, and obviously the, the reason why I'm going to, uh, stop teaching for like the next year or so is very different from why you wanted to get out of it. But uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit. If not, I understand. Um, but that was, I thought, like a very, very cool, informative video um, that you put out. Yeah, I um, so as far as opening a dive shop, I do actually have a plan to make a YouTube video for that. I've just <laughs> I want it to not be um, I want it to be positive and like not snarky. So I'm kind of like letting some time pass. A little bit. Um, but yeah, for the reason why I decided to share that was because it was just a pivotal moment when I realized that like, I wasn't going to renew my patty certification, you know, to pay my patty fees. It was just one of those things like I had lost so much it just was, I mean, absolutely devastating. 2020, I cried so much. Like I was in a really bad place and it was just like thing after thing was just ending and ending and ending and ending. And that was kind of the last thing. But now I look back on it, I'm like, you know what? I was shedding everything. Like I just needed to, I needed to get to this place where I'm actually like working in a happy environment and not just running around like a crazy person. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. You know, my life before it was just so grasping at straws, you know, just that, that sort of not really sure what to do. And like, this is sort of working. So keep going and just work really, really hard and make life work. Right. Um, and so I don't know, it was, it was a big moment of just like, okay, I can create something different for myself and it can be, you know, what I want it to be. So yeah, that's, that's sort of the reason why I wanted to share 
about it in that YouTube video. Um, and it got a really good response, you know, because people kind of are sold this like idyllic lifestyle of being a scuba instructor, right? Like my ties on the beach and you just like, <laughs> but nobody talks to you about all the, all the tailoring and the, um, misogyny and the, uh, just general like nonsense of getting screwed over by dive shop owners or, you know, just whatever. There's a lot of really, uh, there's a lot of stuff in the industry that needs fixing. And I don't know if we're going to get there, but I figure by talking about it, maybe, maybe there's a possibility. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I like to hold things very loosely, you know, just wear life like a loose garment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think we could probably do a whole nother show. Maybe we should together on, um, on that when you're ready, uh, because <laughs> yeah. it, I think it's a, it's something Nick and I are also interested in and we see, I, at least I should, I'll speak for myself. I, I see things differently than, than the way that they are, um, that that's mm -hmm. not the way they should be. Um, but that's also my opinion and it's not necessarily a fact. So I agree with you in, in the sense that talking about it, is the catalyst to what can bring about change. And then, you know, the talking about it can create action that ultimately creates movement. Um, and it, it probably is not something that is going to change overnight, but it's certainly something that isn't so old in terms of scuba industry, you know, that, that it can't adapt. It's just a matter of, of people like yourself speaking up and, people taking action. So, uh, we're aligned or I'm aligned. I won't speak for Nick, uh, but I, I can assume that he is aligned, uh, on this in, in seeing those things and, and the continuing the conversation in some ways, which I think is great. Absolutely. Well, great. Maybe we can wrap up, um, with, uh, with a quick, let's just do some fins in the pool. So we got three, three Californians here, uh, that were, that are well aware. So here's my first fins in the pool. And I know, I know where Nick stands on this one. I know where I stand on it, but it'll be interesting for Sarah. So um, let's say, is it uh, the word hella or the <laughs> phrase no worries? <laughs> oh, Lord. I definitely say no worries a lot more often. Yeah. But... <laughs> But I think hella is super funny. <laughs> oh, I used to say that so much because that's like a Bay Area thing. And um, it took me years. And then I, I got to New Hampshire. I grew up. Most of my growing up was in New Hampshire. And uh, and there it's wicked. Oh, that's wicked. Awesome. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Say that, too. Um, yeah, yeah I, you know, I'm I'm from the Central Coast. So, like, I, I can go, you know. I, you're in the I middle. can be both. Yeah, yeah, you're in the middle. You can, you can be like, yeah, I can't. Uh, it's, it's definitely no worries for me. Um, all right. Uh, here's another one. Uh, fin in the pool. In and out or X. <laughs> uh, Del, Del Taco. Is it Del Taco? That's a, that's a California thing. Del Taco. That's a, te oh, Del Taco's terrible. Yeah. What? Go for it, Sarah. Oh. So, 
I, I'm going to break the the game because I'm literally so boring. You know, I already told you guys some of the reasons why I'm boring, but I'm also vegetarian, borderline vegan. Uh, so like, and I never, ever, ever eat fast food, like ever. I can't even remember the last time I had fast food. So neither. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay. No, no, that's good. Well, There's... I guess that'll, that, that, that'll go into another question. Um, so, cause there's plant-based, but then there's like the processed plant-based, you know, like, like all these, uh, what is it? The impossible burgers, which is, it is all plant-based, mm-hmm. but it's very processed. So if you were going to go, I guess, you know, I, I don't know how I would word that, but yeah, cause I'm not a big fan. Finn fin in the pool processed versus non-processed vegetarian. Plant-based. Is that... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an easy Maybe question. It? Yeah. That's an easy, that's an easy answer. Yeah, so I take easy. that back. I know. Cause I'm not big on but the, Nick, I, you're going to answer processed, aren't you? I do. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That's the, uh, it'd be like, you have to go processed plant-based meat or grass-fed know where it came from real yeah because that, be, that would be the challenge fan. i'm not a big fan of the process stuff like i'll eat some of it but uh definitely yeah and, and that was just kind of a, a easy question but i generally try to stay away from like the processed plant-based stuff i'll occasionally do it but if, I, if i'm gonna go like vegetarian plant-based i definitely want to just try to keep it as fresh as possible yeah it's a tough one because there are some it's all about sourcing because technically tofu's processed, right? Yeah, yeah. Technically tofu. And like, it's actually not good to eat a bunch of tofu either. Isn't it? Uh, it has a lot of sodium, right? But I'll eat tofu all day long. Well, the soy <laughs> depends. Yeah. Hey, there she is. <laughs> my, uh, my cell reception must have decided that uh, we were done. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm gone i'm out of here um nick's asking me about processed plant-based meat Uh, sorry about that oh gosh we want to give a big thank you to sarah for sharing with us today what an amazing conversation and to hear what you're up to out in uh you know the scubaverse is amazing And hey, if you're out there and you're looking to learn more in an online format or you want to follow Sarah's dry suit adventures or hey, if you want to dive in Baja, uh, we know just the, the, the person to take you there. So connect with Sarah. We highly recommend you check her out, send her a message, uh, tell her that you're out there and you can do that at youtube.com backslash C. Remember that C as in Charlie backslash Azul Unlimited. And on our end, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to be part of our growing community, you can join us very easily. Go to thedivetable.com. You can do tons of things there. Subscribe, send us a voicemail, uh, send us hate mail, tell Nick, uh, you know, stop asking about plant-based meats. Uh, Whatever you want to do, uh, go for it and subscribe. Uh, Any parting thoughts, Nick? Um, I definitely think I'm going to get more hate for the founder of the millennium generation, but that's okay. Uh, But no, thank you, Sarah. It's super awesome to have you on. You don't even know what it's called. (laughs) Millennial. (laughs) What did I say? Millennium? And now anyone that was following you 
and saying, yeah, this guy could be the I leader. Could, I could. Now you've crushed their oh, hopes man. and dreams, I too. make things more awkward. Here we go. Uh, but no, Sarah, thank you very much. I'm really glad we got to link up on here. Um, I love the videos that you put out. I think they're super informational. I can't wait to see where it's going to go. I think it's going to go to some amazing places. And um, I really, really hope that we could all get into the water and go out there and dive one of these days. Uh, uh, maybe not a little bit for me, but if you make it back to the Southeast Asia area, uh, look me up. I'll be in Malaysia. So <laughs> Sick. I like it. And Sarah, closing thoughts? Uh, no, I really appreciated this. I had a lot of fun talking to you guys. I wish you both well on your journeys. It sounds like both of you are, uh, you know, starting some fun things. Um, and for anybody like, uh, Jay was saying, anybody that wants to, uh, hang out with me online, you can find me at Asul Unlimited. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, I'm on Facebook, but I don't really spend a lot of time there because it honestly kind of scares me. Um, and then a lot of stuff is happening on TikTok. Actually, I'm one of those older people on, <laughs> on TikTok. And I, <laughs> I have so much fun on that platform. Um, but yeah, follow along for the adventure and join me in Mexico in January. Yes, yes, yes. Go, go, go. <laughs> Please uh, check Sarah out. Well, hey, everyone out there, thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to having you back on the next episode of The Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.